BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. On this episode of Newt's World, on July 19, 2012, a gay couple came into Masterpiece Cake Shop in Lakewood, Colorado, asking for a custom wedding cake. The owner, Jack Phillips, had a brief conversation with them and explained that he could not bake that particular cake, but was willing to make other items for them. The couple sued Phillips and it went to the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, a panel of seven appointees, who said that he had violated the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act. After several appeals, the case went to the Supreme Court, and Phillips won that case on June 4, 2018, by a vote of 7-2, to two because they ruled that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission had discriminated against Phillips. Phillips' case is just one of many legal battles happening across the United States over religious liberty and religious freedom. Jack Phillips' new book, The Cost of My Faith, How a Decision in My Cake Shop Took Me to the Supreme Court is available now. I'm pleased to welcome my two guests, Jack Phillips, cake maker and author, and Jake Warner, legal counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom. Let me start, if I might, by asking Jake, How many cases are there across the U.S. like Jack's? When you look out at the assault on religious liberty, how much do you see around the country? We have a lot of cases going on right now just like Jack's case, all around the country even. I can think of a few. For example, we are representing a photographer in New York as well as one in Kentucky and Virginia challenging a law that's very similar to the one that Colorado has used to punish Jack with. 
these photographers are concerned. What they're seeing is that government officials are overreaching, trying to use their public accommodation laws to punish speakers that they disagree with. And instead of waiting until they're facing fines and and sometimes even jail time in some of our cases, these folks have decided to sue to see their constitutional rights before they get violated. So this is an increasing problem. The future actually <laughs> is a little bit more concerning with the advent of the Equality Act on the federal level. If the so-called Equality Act passes through Congress and President Biden signs the Equality Act, what we could see is that one of these laws that's being used to punish people like Jack being imposed at the national level, which could bring a threat to every creative professional around the country. Yeah, I actually think they ought to call that the Supremacy Act, because it basically says that your sexual behavior is supreme over religion and over God, and that the government will intervene to punish you if you don't accept uh, the reality that sex is more important than religion. Which is, if you think about it in the last 35 years, this is an astonishing transition from a country that valued, and, and still for the average American, values religious liberty to a country that's willing to use the power of the government to impose social values and to punish people who believe that God really matters and that their understanding of God really matters. So let me ask, as part of this legal process, and I'm going to get back to Jack in a minute, but his case got to the Supreme Court, but the court is petitioned with like eight to 10,000 cases a year and only takes 70 or 80 of them. What's your sense of the court's openness to these kind of cases? I think the court is very concerned about the government overreach happening in cases just like Jack's. You might remember in Jack's case, when it was working its way through the state court system in Colorado, state officials really mistreated Jack. They compared his plea for religious freedom to some of the worst things in history, such as the Holocaust and defenses used to justify slavery. And that was awful. But the U.S. Supreme Court was also concerned about the discrimination that the state had imposed on Jack. While Jack's first case was working its way through the court system, three other cake artists in Colorado declined to create custom cakes for a Christian man with those cake express messages that violated their core beliefs. But instead of prosecuting those cake artists, state officials let them off the hook and decided not to, to pursue a case against them, yet they vigilantly tried to prosecute and punish Jack for declining to express a message that went against his faith. And when the case got up to the U.S. Supreme Court, the Supreme Court said that's wrong. That violates free exercise clause. State officials demonstrated their hostility against Jack by those hostile comments as well as its unequal treatment. And in that way, the court didn't even have to reach the free speech issue involved in Jack's first case. And that's why we're seeing a lot of other cases populating through the federal court system. And I believe that one of those cases will ultimately reach the U.S. Supreme Court. And I'm confident that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to say that the government has no power to force people to express messages that go against their core beliefs. This is a principle that protects everyone, not just Jack Phillips and people who share his views on life's most important issues like marriage and sex. This is a principle that protects everyone, including the creative professionals who identify as LGBT and wish to promote messages consistent with their deepest beliefs. So this is a good thing for every American. I mean, this is a core value. It's part of why the country was founded, was by people fleeing persecution in Europe. And I think they felt very deeply about protecting religion from government interference. Calista and I did a book and a movie a couple of years ago called Rediscovering God in America, which takes you from 
monument to monument in Washington and shows you the relationship between God and each of the key founding fathers. And you look at that and you realize that everything has been sort of turned on its head and that what you now get is persecuted for actually believing in God. Let me go and ask Jack, let's go way back before your legal involvements. How did you get into designing and decorating cakes? Well, it goes all the way back to my childhood. I just always grew up drawing and painting and sculpting and art was my main hobby. And I just loved to do it. When I got into high school and was introduced to the concept of electives, every elective I could, I would take in the art room. Just, I loved art. But I needed a job after I graduated. And uh, a man that lived across the street from me owned a large wholesale bakery, maybe 100 employees. I don't know. It was a huge place with conveyor belts full of donuts and things like that. And I fell in love with baking. I thought someday I'll open my own bakery. And then he bought out another bakery that had cake decorators. And he brought them in and I saw them working on not hundreds of cakes at a time, but one cake at a time and one custom cake at a time. And I knew that I could merge my love for art with my new love for baking. And so decided to open my own bakery and I knew what it would be called. It would be called Masterpiece Cake Shop because Masterpiece says art, Cake Shop says cakes. You're not going to come in looking for a loaf of bread or a pie or something like that. So it was just kind of a natural flow of the way God made me and the situations he put me in. What year did you open your cake shop? We opened it in 1993, Labor Day weekend, which is the worst time to open a cake shop because you're at the end of the cake season, so to speak. You know, wedding cakes, you think of June weddings, but they go June through September. They go all year, but those are the busiest times. And September, we're opening up in a shopping center that was like 70% empty. Plenty of parking that way, but it was an odd time to start. But I knew that if we were successful here, it was because God was taking care of us and covering everything we needed. And I can never take any credit for anything that happened. That's amazing. You know, I hadn't thought about the idea of cake season. You've expanded my thinking. So you go along, you have a successful Masterpiece Cake Shop. And when does trouble start? Because you're doing fine. You apparently have customers who like you. And I gather you were reasonably successful. Yeah, we were gaining a great reputation in the Denver area for our cakes. When we would show up at a venue, the people at the venue would say, oh, great, it's a masterpiece cake. We know it's going to be right. We know it's going to be good. We know everything's going to go well. And we were doing really well. But there were cakes that we decided right from the beginning that we wouldn't create. The media kind of portrays me as just, you know, I don't make cakes for gay people. And that's just not true. I serve everybody that comes in my store, I just can't create every cake with every message that people ask me to create. Like from the beginning, my wife and I sat down and had numerous discussions about what the cake shop would look like and which cakes we could create and which ones we could not. And among those cakes, we decided we wouldn't create cakes to celebrate Halloween, which is another big season in the cake world, but we decided that that was something that we couldn't create because of the message that I felt that it conveyed. And then cakes that were anti-American or cakes that were racist or cakes that would denigrate or insult people, including people who identify as LGBT. But we also knew that we couldn't create cakes for, we discussed cakes for same-sex weddings, even though way back in 93 when we opened and early 90s when we were having these discussions, it wasn't legal in Colorado, it wasn't legal anywhere in the States, and no government official could endorse the same-sex wedding officially from their office. So there were many things that led us to this decision the day that the two men came in in July of 2012.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Did you have any idea at all that it was going to become this big a fight? No, when I sat down with the two men, we had about a 20 second conversation. You know, we made introductions, Jack, David, Charlie, and I said, what can I do for you? David said, we're here to look at wedding cakes, and Charlie piped up, it's for our wedding. And so I immediately knew that this was a cake that I couldn't create because a wedding cake has an inherent message. It expresses marriage and weddings just by itself. If you walked into a conference room at a hotel and you saw a table in the corner with the cake on it, you wouldn't think twice that it was a business meeting. You would know instinctively that a wedding was taking place and a marriage was to be celebrated. So I knew that this was not a cake that I could create because it's an entirely different view of marriage than my biblical view. So I had hoped that we could have a conversation and I could explain those feelings to them, that I couldn't create that cake, that I would create other products for them, other custom work. And what I said then was, sorry guys, I don't do cakes for same-sex weddings. And they kind of looked at me stunned like, what did you just say? I'll sell you birthday cakes, I'll sell you shower cakes, I'll sell you cookies and brownies, indicating I'll do other custom work and you're welcome in my store. But I just can't create a cake for a same-sex wedding. At which point, they jumped up, David flipped me off, swore at me, stormed out one door, yelling all the way. The other man went over his, I didn't realize it, but his mom was sitting at a table. 
gathered her up and they left too. And I'm like, I was stunned that this happened. I didn't get a chance to have a dialogue with these two men. It just exploded. Do you think they came in knowing you would say no? Was it a setup? No, I honestly believe that they came in looking for a cake that we would create for them. One of the folders that they had was from a really nice restaurant here in town that recommends people to our shop to create things like that and had sent them. So I think they honestly came in looking for a cake and were surprised that I couldn't create it for them. When you were ruled against by the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, how did that impact your business? Well, the initial ruling from the Colorado Civil Rights Division was that I had to change my policies and retrain my staff and report to the commission quarterly for two years on my progress in this retraining program. And fortunately, this is a very small place. My mom works here. My wife and I own it. My daughter works here. But my mom came to me one day shortly after that and said, you know, just for your information, I won't be retrained. And so I, that's pretty cool, mom. Thank you. But the other thing that went along with that was to the retraining and changing my policy meant that I would have to start creating wedding cakes for everybody who came in, same-sex couples or not. And I actually wouldn't even have the option of helping the design on the cake if they wanted an adult-themed cake, for instance, or pornographic cake even. I wouldn't be able to decline that cake, and I wouldn't even be able to help design it in a way that would be consistent with my beliefs. So we had the make the decision of do we you know bow down to this and make every wedding cake that comes in and go against our faith or give up our wedding business which was lucrative it was a large percentage of our income and the choice was easy but it was difficult at the same time it was easy to make the choice we knew what the choice would be but losing that business was something we would have to rely on God to cover for us and provide our needs did you get any kind of positive support out of the community? We did. We had a lot of positive support from the community. Initially, we had tons and tons of hateful phone calls and emails. But one example of support from the community came from a gay man, Mike Jones, who introduced himself one morning. A radio station was doing a live broadcast, and he wanted to come in and see who this man was who wouldn't serve gays. And we talked for a little bit. He came back later in the same day. And since then, we've become good friends, and he even testified for us in our most recent trial in late March. So that's kind of an example of the support we've gotten. Ultimately, you decided to appeal the Colorado Civil Rights Commission decision. How did you reach that conclusion? That was just the next logical step. Alliance Defending Freedom was on our side right from the start. Like Within three or four days of the confrontation with David and Charlie, I was in touch with Alliance Defending Freedom, and they told me that they could represent us. And their advice was, you know, to appeal to the Colorado Court of Appeals. And we did that. And that argument, I forget what year it was, 2013, went against us three to nothing. The three judges on the panel ruled against us. So the next step would be to appeal to the Colorado State Supreme Court, which we did. And they denied our case. And so there's only one option after that. And that was the United States Supreme Court. Like you said earlier, they're petitioned with 8,000 to 10,000 cases a year and only take about 70. So the odds of them taking our case were very slim. And I was talking with the attorneys, you know, if we file the petition and they deny it, what's the worst that could happen? They're already not hearing our case. 
they would just officially say, we're not hearing your case. And my attorneys informed me that that's not the worst that could happen. The worst that could happen is they grant your case, they hear it, and then you lose. And I realized at that point that this was not just Jack and his cakes and Jack and his bakery. This is about every American's right to freely express messages or not be compelled to express messages that they go against and how large this case actually could be in the Supreme Court. When it got to the Supreme Court, when they called and said they're going to take your case, given how few cases are actually taken, what was your emotional reaction? When I talk about it still, I catch my breath. I can't think about that day without getting emotional. I couldn't talk to anybody. I had to send texts because it was just such a phenomenal event. The news people started calling, and, you know, radio, TV, talk shows, TV stations were at our shop. It was just crazy. But then at the same time, that very same day, an attorney here in Colorado called and requested a cake that was blue on the outside and pink on the inside, and that those colors were to celebrate a gender transition. Same thing we told the two men that came in asking for the wedding cake. We told this person, you know, we'll create other cakes for you, other custom cakes. You're welcome to anything, any of my wares, anything in the shop. But I can't create that cake because it expresses a message that I can't agree with. And then so that very day that we were getting all this attention, we get this phone call and we start up with what we call Masterpiece 2. This attorney filed a complaint with the same Colorado Civil Rights Commission. And so that was looming in the background all the way through the Supreme Court arguments. Do you think this is just random, or do you think there ultimately became sort of an organized effort to bankrupt you? You know, I don't know if it's an organized effort, but I do know that the attorney who's suing me had already previously sent emails within a couple of weeks of the two gentlemen leaving my shop back in 2012, and in between had asked to have us create a cake with Satan smoking a marijuana joint, and clearly we were in this person's crosshairs all this time. So organized or not, this person has an agenda and a vendetta against me. And we were told in mediation in this third case that was just heard in August, I sat down with this person, the attorney and the mediator myself, just the three of us. And this attorney told me that if I won this case or if it was dismissed on any technicality or anything, that I would get a phone call the next day with another cake and we would start up. So it's a ways from being over. I mean, isn't there a point, I guess I'm asking you, Jake, I'm asking you this as a lawyer, isn't there some point where it becomes harassment? Yeah, I think that's what we're seeing here in this third case. The emails that Jack received back in 2012 were not kind. This attorney emailed Jack to call him a bigot and a hypocrite and then On the same day that the U.S. Supreme Court decides to hear Jack's first case, this attorney calls Jack and requests this custom pink and blue cake to celebrate a gender transition, and then a few months later calling Jack back to ask for a custom cake depicting Satan smoking marijuana. And then most recently, this attorney promised to be back. You know, if this case gets dismissed, like Jack said, for any reason, this attorney would be back the very next day with a new cake and a new lawsuit. And this is just harassment. I think we're seeing more of that across the country. Overreaching officials as well as activists now are weaponizing the judicial system to try to punish 
people that they disagree with. And there's certainly things that we can do in litigation. We can ask for attorney's fees and that kind of thing. But I think what we ultimately need is for the U.S. Supreme Court to weigh in on this issue and finally say that the government doesn't have the power to force people like Jack, who serve everyone but just can't express every message, the government can't force them to express messages that go against their deepest conviction. Because like I said earlier, this is a principle that protects everyone and we need to stop trying to punish those we disagree with and manipulating the judicial system that way. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Jake, I'm curious, from your standpoint as an attorney, what was your emotional reaction when the court said they would take the case? It was relief. It was joy. It was a little bit of a scary thing, too, because we didn't know exactly what the outcome of the case would be. And like Jack said earlier, you know, one of the challenges here is that if the court took the case, you know, one of the challenging results would have been like, well, what if Jack loses? That was a big thing on our mind at the time. Certainly, we were thrilled to present Jack's case before the court, but there was certainly that looming thought in the background. What if it doesn't go the right way? What if freedom for every American is jeopardized by an adverse decision 
in this case. So there were certainly mixed emotions. And looking back on this side of things, certainly it was a great thing. And we're so thankful that the court vindicated Jack's rights. I'm curious, did you appear before the court? No, my colleague, ADF General Counsel Kristen Wagner, argued the case on behalf of Jack. I, along with a number of other attorneys, were there in the court to watch the arguments, but Kristen Wagner, our general counsel, argued the case. Did you get a sense from the questions that were being asked that the court was favorable to Jack? You know, I did. And the reason I say that is about midway through Kristen's argument, Justice Kennedy entered the conversation and really expressed concern about the state's hostility against Jack. And actually, this is with the state's attorney presenting the argument. Justice Kennedy asked Colorado's attorney whether he would back down from the hostile comments that the commission had spoken against Jack and his faith. The attorney kind of wavered for a minute or two, and Justice Kennedy had to re-ask the question one or two more times, and the attorney finally backed down. But that was a little hint that Justice Kennedy was seeing like, well, there's a free exercise problem with this case. And I'm concerned with how the state treated Jack, not only with these hostile comments, but with the unequal treatment, how they treated Jack worse than every other cake artist in Colorado. So those hints gave us hope as we were walking out of the courtroom that day. The ultimate decision was seven to two. Who were the two justices that were against relief? It was a big win, seven to two. The two justices on the other side of the decision were Justice Ginsburg and Justice Sotomayor. So today it might be eight to one. It's very possible. We think that the free exercise violation was so clear in Jack's first case with the hostile comments and the unequal treatment. And we think that if another case goes up to the U.S. Supreme Court on this same issue, the free speech issue, that we're confident that the court's going to rule in favor of freedom, protecting the right of every creative professional to express messages consistently with their core beliefs. Jack, you wrote a book, The Cost of My Faith, How a Decision in a Cake Shop Took Me to the Supreme Court. What would your advice be to others? You've paid a real price personally. You've paid a real price economically. You must have had sleepless nights. Is it worth it to fight for your freedom, or would you tell other people maybe they ought to sort of compromise? Absolutely. And to be honest with you, Mr. Speaker, I have not had any sleepless nights over this. When the two men left my shop, there was about an hour where I was just in a fog, like, what in the world just happened? I didn't get a chance to talk to these two men. What's going on? I'm getting all these phone calls already. Like, the whole world hates me. They're all going to call me. And, you know, what's going on? And a Bible verse popped into my mind from Paul's letter to Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And I wasn't afraid, but the sound mind part struck me that God was in absolute control of this. And from that moment to this, I've been in complete peace with everything that's happened. But I would say to every American that at the beginning, my wife and I drew our lines in the sand, which cakes we would create, which cakes we couldn't. And it's always because of the message. It's never the person who's asking for it. But we drew those lines in the sand and knew that we couldn't cross them. And I was also saying that we decided not to create cakes to celebrate Halloween, which is a huge season in the cake world. And so every year we get plenty of practice, you know, telling people, I'm sorry, we can't create that cake. You know, I can't express that message. So God prepared us for when this big case came up, how to stand and that he would be with us. So no sleepless nights and complete trust in God. And I would advise people, you know, draw your lines, know where they are and know that they're worth defending. When you go around 
Colorado, where people have a more clear understanding of this case and greater awareness of it than in the country at large. Do you run into much personal hostility? No. If people recognize me and they disagree with me, more than likely they're going to just turn away and not say anything. Occasionally I get the opportunity to have conversations like that. And that's one of the reasons that I wrote the costume I paid, that people who don't have a chance to talk to me or they live in another state and can't come by the cake shop and see what this is really all about can hear my story. Initially, I wanted to write it so that my kids, my grandkids would be able to understand what actually happened that day. But now I realize, you know, what a larger platform I have and how many people that I can hopefully encourage and inspire to stand for their deep convictions. Jake, you have cases all over the country. Do you see the pressures growing? Is it harder for people to stand up for their faith? You know, we're seeing this issue pop up all around the country. And I think what people are doing is they're looking at the cases of Jack. They're looking at the case of Washington florist, Baronel Stutzman. And they're saying, wow, I never thought that the government would have this much power or that it would be this hostile to my faith. And so what they're saying is, I want to know my constitutional rights on the front end before I'm sitting in the defendant's chair in one of these lawsuits or perhaps sitting in jail because of trying to live out my faith at my work. So what they're doing is, is they're going on offense and saying, look, I want to know my rights up front. And they're challenging these unjust laws or more particularly these unjust applications of laws all around the country. And what we're seeing is that when folks are doing that, they're winning in many cases. For example, ADF has represented a calligrapher and painter here in Arizona. They create wedding invitations. And what they said was, you know, we want to create custom wedding invitations consistently with our faith to promote God's design for marriage. But what the government here in Arizona said was in the city of Phoenix was that if you did that, you would have to come in and also create custom artwork celebrating same-sex marriage, which went against their Christian beliefs on the subject. So we filed suit on their behalf, and that case went all the way up to the Arizona Supreme Court, and that decision came out the right way. The Arizona Supreme Court affirmed their constitutional freedom to live out their faith consistently with their beliefs at work. The same was true in a case we filed in Minnesota on behalf of Carl and Angel Larson. There are two filmmakers who create wedding films, and like the painter and calligrapher in Arizona, they wanted to find out their rights on the front end and sued Minnesota officials. And they appealed their case up to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, and that court also affirmed their right to create wedding films consistently with their beliefs. And then I mentioned earlier, ADF has a number of cases around the country. We're representing a web designer also in Colorado. Her case is at the Tenth Circuit, right on the doorstep of the U.S. Supreme Court right now. We're waiting for a decision in that case. And then we're representing photographers in multiple states on the East Coast. So this is an issue that is growing nationwide, and we think that there's going to be a case soon at the U.S. Supreme Court to finally resolve this issue. That's really amazing. Well, we're going to post on our show page both a link to Jack's book and a link to your organization so that people who want to pursue this will know how to reach out to you and how to be helpful. And at the same time, people who want to learn more about the process can get Jack's book, which is, I think, very helpful. Let me just say that I think what you're doing shows great courage, is in the best American tradition. I'm delighted that you would take the time to share with me and with our audience what you've been through, and I hope that it will encourage people to be a little more militant in standing up for their rights as free people 
and not allowing the government or some small minority group to impose radical change using the power of the state. And I want to thank both of you for joining me today. Mr. Speaker, I just want to thank you for having us on this show today. It's such an honor and a privilege to do this. Thanks, Mr. Speaker. It was a true privilege uh, being with you today on your show. It's an honor. Thank you to my guests, Jack Phillips and Jake Warner, the legal counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom. A link to Jack's new book, The Cost of My Faith, How a Decision in My Cake Shop Took Me to the Supreme Court, is available on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Pendley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com.